Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another Super Coach Insider podcast. My name is Swizz. It's Friday morning of Gather Round here talking Super Coach and footy. Great night of footy last night. We'll get into that in a moment. As always, continue to support us on all our channels YouTube, TikTok, Spotify, SoundCloud, and contact us via Twitter, Super Coach Insider 100 or Swizz26 for me. And always, thank you to our sponsor, Splash Vodka. Continue to support them. We really thank them for their ongoing support of this podcast. Well, what a great night yesterday. Started off, actually, with myself and JP down at Crown with Heath Shaw and Dan Batten um, kicking off the Supercoach Gather Round here. Even though it's in Adelaide, um, Crown was hosting their own kickoff show, so... Firstly, thank you to Crown. Thank you to those who came down to support it. Um, it was a really good afternoon, just talking super coach and just footy. Uh, JP is an absolute awesome bloke, the guy who won last year. Um, and so is Dan and Heath. You, know, you can sit there and just talk footy with them for hours. Really approachable people. So no, thank you to everybody who, who came to support that. Um, Crown, talking to their uh, managers afterwards, uh, definitely something they want to do in the future. So um they did apologize a little bit for the late notice of putting this together. You know, they're throwing down different ideas. Obviously, they want people, you know, getting down to their venue. Um, somebody who used to work there, you know, we all know crown the good and the bad about it and that. But yeah, it is a good place to be watching the footy. So um, yeah, definitely something that they're going to uh, let us know more in advance next time and that with a lot more notice that so we can actually put out to you guys. And, and also the big thing we said is we want 6 p.m., uh, the time slot there so we can actually talk about teams and lead into the footy um, and also makes it easier for those who, people who work especially nine to five so yeah those who are close to the city or not even or are that little bit further out um, get time to actually get in there can have a meal and, and some drinks and then watch the footy together afterwards so that is definitely their plan so um, yeah we'll definitely look out for that in the future uh, and uh, yeah, also shout out to Alex Lloyd um, those who are sort of more my age would have remembered he, some of his great songs when he was on top of the charts here in Australia. So uh, a lot of fun to hang out with um, backstage for that and still got it with his voice. So no, a great night had by all. Now on to the footy from last night. Adelaide Carlton, well, did not see that coming at all from the from the Crows. Like I, got, I could see a world where the Crows got up and, and you know, were really fiery for the match, but there was no way I thought they were going to beat them by 10 goals. Um, and that was just all in that first quarter. You know, they, they got the fast start. We're up by six goals at quarter time, and the Blues just n- <clears throat> never got back into it. Um, game style-wise, like, the Blues did have, I think they ended up having, like, yeah, they were two more inside 50s, but they just had no synergy with their forward line. Uh, a lot of pressure from Adelaide, um, from the midfielders trying to kick the ball in, but I would have thought with the, you know, Carlton's midfield all back in, um, yeah, that would have given them the advantage. Chera and Walsh were really good, um, but yeah, Cripps had a down night. Uh, Hewitt yeah also struggled a bit. So, uh, and even Kennedy probably played his worst game that I've seen for a while in the Blues colours. So, yeah, just absolutely dominated by that Adelaide midfield, in particular Dawson, Laird, Chase Jones, and even Rochelle. They're yeah, they're just fantastic. The, the, it's probably they've got the right balance in there. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how the sort of the Crows keep going. You know, unlucky against us. Yeah, probably Richmond played better for two and a half quarters of that game, but yeah, they were coming strong and 
they did have the Giants game all and sewn up in that round one, but as they play more and more together, I think they will click. They've got a very dangerous forward line who are able to kick triple figures, and you know, most times if you're kicking 100 points in AFL, you're winning that game, so... Yeah, that'll be that'll be a real interesting one to watch now, and probably got a, a lot of people change their sort of opinion where they might finish this year. Uh, the Blues, yeah, that's their first loss for the season. They'll bounce back, but yeah, probably a percentage of ninety six would normally worry you if you're a you know sitting second on the ladder. But they've got the draw, so at the moment the only team they're really battling with is Richmond. So um, yeah, they'd probably like to win some games a bit more comfortably, and they might do that, but. Um, they wouldn't want percentage coming into it. But yeah, if it's only them in Richmond with those two points, well, it's not going to matter as much compared to last year when they yeah missed out on percentage. Uh, Sard, I actually still haven't had the report of what potential injury that was. Um, but yeah, definitely went off with something. So that'll be something to monitor for those that brought him in. Um, really good for, uh, I guess, Nick Newman, but they're, they're running out of halfbacks at the moment, the Blues, um, for a team that, you know, paid up and, you know, they've, well, yeah, even Doherty came from Brisbane, so Doherty, Sard, and Williams have all come from other teams, you know, on decent money, and they're just not on the park at the moment, so that's a bit of a struggle. Um, had a few questions about Hollands. Should I take the 65? Yes, even if it is Phillips and McKenzie, I would just back the 65 in. Yeah, both of them could potentially go slightly more, but, you know, is it worth risking 20 points, 30 points for to gain 20 points i don't see them going over 85 so yeah i just i just back it in the only way you don't back it in especially if it's like mckenzie on the sunday and you know you're losing your matchup and you're losing by you know 10 20 points then you might yeah roll the dice there that's when you start getting creative um same questions came about laird and he's uh 135 do i take it as a captain score you should always take everything over 125 um, but again, if you're not a league, if you're not a head, uh, yeah, if you're not an overall player and you're just a head-to-head player, and you get to Sunday and you're losing your matchup, then yeah, you might have to roll the dice there with a day cost or something like that. Because if you're going to lose, well, what difference does it make? So that's the only time you don't take them. And I think people in the super coach world who still get into people about, oh, why didn't you take that score? Well, some people do only play for their leagues. Um, so yeah, you've got to obviously risk it for the win. But yeah, most people here who'd probably tuning in are just playing for overall um, with the leagues as the background. It's actually something we continue to bring up with the Supercoach boys. Um, yeah, the potential of how could you have two teams running where one might be just solely for overall and one might be to, for your leagues um, because there's definitely moves I would make to make sure I win um, versus you know, obviously making uh, the moves that I'd make for overall. But that's uh that's a discussion i guess for another day but something yeah we're, we're always throwing ideas at them it's like the uh you know trying to bring them wings but then that's the whole of champion data actually changing what they do and their their um uh, yeah their positioning so that that makes it a little bit more complicated than just you know talking about how the super coach put together their format but they're, they're always open to different ideas. We've seen the different, uh, you know, they've changed it with the boosts and the extra picks and, um, yeah, the draft content. So, yeah, feel free to you know, message us about that. If you've got any ideas, we can always try to pass them on. Um, it's it's good talking to the uh, yeah, the guys that are behind the, behind the scenes these days um, and sort of get their thoughts. 
the the big one was Dawson for those who brought him in, and I think he's now sixty percent owner of the top five percent, so that equates to about eight thousand, which is where I'm ranked. So I kind of when I'm looking at the percentages, I don't look overall percentage. I try not to look overall percentages anymore. I try to look top one percent, top five percent, top ten percent. So top ten percent puts you in the uh, sixteen thousand and above, and then obviously top five percent, and then top one percent is the top sixteen hundred. So that's who I'm trying to compare myself with because they're the ones that are ahead of me. Um, so depending on their percentages, uh, I, and I think it may have only been about twenty seven percent that had led of that group so yeah that was handy there with the bounce back he'll probably drop about 12k to 640 so those who didn't start him yeah you're getting him 63k cheaper and he still should drop a little bit more cash if he comes out and does about a, another 130 um he should pretty well hold but yeah if he was to drop a little bit more yeah those who started him great you, you've got him for about 80k cheaper but then the points on field that's that's sort of you know, he's had a couple of really good scores now, and, and that's always the debate on going, oh, would I rather get somebody 80k cheaper or am I missing out points each week? Um, so that's a big one. But yeah, Dawson, fantastic. 152, if you've got the vice captain on him, that's a no-brainer. As you can see there, Madden's already come in my field. Make sure you've got that emergency on whoever you've benched. So a lot of people might be Davey this week. Um, so you might put Chandler or Green or whoever you're in your forward line. And yeah, make sure you've put the emergency on there. A lot of people get the first part of the uh, loophole right and they put the captain on the non-playing player you just got to make sure that emergency's on if you're using the back line hypothetically say Chessar and you put Cowan as your emergency then you'll be taking that 42 um, for me I'll be putting Wilmot now on field it's only if I want to pull the trigger with my last trade and I'm still debating about this we had a lot of discussion between Dan Heater and, um, and JP last night about this uh, you know, do I just play safe and just go Dawson and think Hopper? Hopefully, you know, in that sort of contested game at um, Adelaide Oval tonight against the Swans, just because more than how the Swans play, can Hopper bounce back, get a hundred, make some good cash? I think if he makes eight, gets eighty, he's going to go up thirty k anyway. So yeah, that could potentially be forty k. Um, and Liam Jones, you know, still hasn't seen the best of him, but, you know, maybe he can take some intercepts against Port this week and, you know, maybe get a 60 or 70 and start that uh, cash gen. Or do I go the other way, look at either Wagner or JVR, who I'm still not confident on his job security, and also bring in Stuart or um, Jezza Cameron, who I'm, yeah, the more we talked about last night, the more we got onto loving Jessica Cameron. Cameron he's you know just dominating footy at the moment um, as Heater said last night he could kick 10 goals this week um, it's not out of the realms you know kick 7 against the Hawks last week and just looking at that forward line I know like we've all been a little bit well we don't need to bring forwards because you know obviously got Goulden there in the midfield Cogs is the one that either people have or be looking at when he gets cheap uh, so that's 5 forwards and then you're expecting one of these uh, midfielders at some point to pick up forward status and that would be your six or maybe a Gorn on that but maybe as a point of difference the you know I bring in say a Cameron uh, Zebo and Sheez will go back into my defense and you know probably just shores up my forward line and defenders and then I'm just looking for midfielders um, so that's a little bit of food for thought there's the other part of me that goes I'll oh, maybe just keep Hopper and Jones this week I pass on JVR and I'm looking at Tukey Miller next week or even you know Stuart might not be priced out so yeah it, it does give me some flexibility for the following week um, it means also not using another one of my boosts which could come in handy 
I don't really care about my boost around the buy time because we get the three trades then anyway. It's just sort of around the upgrade season. Do I want a couple extra boosts there? Uh, so that that's just kind of a little bit of food for thought. Uh, what I'm thinking about my side. Um, in regards to teams, uh, yeah, a few changes have obviously come through. Well, all the teams have come out and there's some big news there. So Wagner and Sturt are in for Fremantle. I know JP, is. I think he's gone early on Wagner. I think Emily, Supercoach Mama, was talking about the same. Uh, Sturt as well. Two people were looking at pre-season. Um, both have been named in the best 18. Wagner back on that half-back line. So I think Wilson was the one that was pushed out. Sturt on the wing. Uh, so rookies that finally and hopefully like I get the idea of going early because of the cash on them but at the same time we get a couple of weeks to look at them and hopefully they do well and then you know downgrade season you know be it McKenzie potentially Ashcroft Baker these sort of guys um, and even your backman um, yeah it could be absolutely perfect timing they come in for them and then you can upgrade somebody to a premium um, for the Suns, uh, one maybe if you're in draft, Brandon Ellis, you know, he might be floating there because he hasn't played a game. Scroll down, but actually use your filters, Gold Coast, and then uh, Defender. Um, so he's back in there. So um, always those sneaky ones. Uh, for the Tigers, Ben Miller, Jackie Rewalt are back. Uh, ben Miller will share the ruck with Samson Ryan. Uh, would not be surprised if Ben Miller actually starts in the ruck, but Samson Ryan is named there. Corey Wagner is also named to make his debut, uh, so definitely somebody to watch. Uh, and the forgotten man of footy, Will Gould. The Swans have nobody in. Dan, Dan, Dane Rampey has been, is out injured, so those who brought him in for that quick cash fix, or that uh, that's something that you're going to obviously have to alter now with him being out. Uh, so the Swans actually have no key defenders. I think Robbie Fox is there, might be the tallest player down there. So Will Gould is on their emergencies. Do we finally get to see it tonight? Um, him finally playing but yeah it's there's and this is the other reason i'm kind of thinking maybe it's uh, it's keep hopper because both teams are absolutely decimated tonight um yeah buddy's out as well i said the mccartan boys tom lynch nank so players that can bob up and actually score well like your, your key forwards are the guys that yeah some weeks they go 30 other weeks they can go 150 uh, so there's really nobody there for that so it could be just a really good day for the midfielders your parkers tarantos hoppers Rowbottoms, mules um you know all maybe tunning up uh, so there's potential for that jake lloyd those who are looking at him um, could be awesome tonight um yeah i, I could definitely see lloyd going 120 uh brisbane north <coughs> uh, so this is played over at mount barker we we're talking about it yesterday ground dimensions very similar to uh, the Gabba, so I think that'll really sort suit North Melbourne. Ben McKay's back. Obviously, there's no clash with Carlton, so um, Harry McKay's doing double duty. See uh, the, the ongoing joke with that, and until we actually see them play side by side, I'm I'm still not convinced that they're not the same person. Um, so I think the big one there is Will Phillips. It's actually been named in the guts, which is really frustrating for those of us who went Rouston instead of Phillips. Uh, so if you're debating between Phillips and McKenzie, I think Phillips is the potential of the one, uh, only because more McKenzie's yet to be actually named in the game. I think McKenzie, if he is named, gets more CPAs this week. But yeah, you kind of got to go with the guy who's actually named at the moment. So um, and especially it looks like he's got a decent role, but Hugh Greenwood's been dropped i wouldn't be surprised if he's the sub again um so 
they they kind of do like doing the like to like so that's the only worry about north because there's always potential like they showed they all sub cuttington last week they could always sub philip so that is a little bit of a worry if greenwood is the sub so something to be mindful of uh the bombers davy jr is out um so potential to do a forward line loop the only problem is chandler and green <coughs> is um, they're playing, well, Chandler at the same time as Davey and Green afterwards. So um, I don't really want to loophole Sheasel or Zeeble. Um, but, you know, potentially could. And if one of them wasn't to perform good, yeah, you could you could potentially do something there. Um, I'm trying to think if there's actually anybody else forward line that you might have that you could loophole. But, um, yeah, even it's, a, it's frustrating because... Davey playing the same time as JVR. A lot of people would have loved to loophole him, but that won't work out. Um, <clears throat> I could always potentially swap Davey and Goulden around, but I'd rather Chandler on field. And, and I could have loopholed, you know, something there in the midfield, but I've already got Constable there who, who's on the emergency, so he might play or that. So, yeah, it's a little bit frustrating. But, yeah, you could always, yeah, if you want Zeeble and Sheasel, like Sheasel could be the perfect, actually, maybe the loophole. We all expect him just to go 100 again. But if he was to have a poor game, and, um, yeah, you, you'd be way ahead of the competition. And actually might be something I'd consider doing that with Davey not being named. Yeah, just thinking on the top of my head there. Um, <clears throat> Port Brisbane, nothing big there. Alex Keith out. Um, so that's where we're talking about those defenders. Um, we get to the Sunday games, extended squads at the moment. Tom Cole injured, so those people have him. That's another big loss for defence. Um, just adding to the carnage this week. We've already lost Doherty. We'll get onto the other one in a moment. But yeah, Cole, Rampy, a lot of those top teams have these players. Uh, Witherden, a lot, a lot of new guys back. Harry Edwards um, for the for the Cats. Tanner Bruins back on the extended squad, but. Yeah, they have named that that bench, which is interesting. Bruin, Bowes back on there. Myers, who I'm really looking at in a lot of um, either draft stars and drafts this week. You've picked him up on a lot of waivers still on that extended bench. So a little worry there. Hopefully they don't like make him sub. Uh, GWS versus Hawthorne. Cadman has been named. There have been no news about him actually playing, but because I think he's still on the extent, extended interchange, but the mail we were getting yesterday that he was going to play, but usually teams will announce that. So I'm going to say he probably doesn't because we're all waiting for Cadman to play. So hopefully Himmelberg goes back into that back line. Uh, McKenzie's named on the last spot on the interchange. Now that could be just the way they've named it, um, but it never looks good when they're then in that eighth spot. So there's potential where he could miss or even be sub. Now, if he's looking like sub, I'm more likely to then consider trading um, just because that can really affect cash generation there if they were only to come on in that last quarter. This whole sub thing's th naturally thrown everything out for us this year because if, uh, you know, you can have a player there who's, you know, averaging 70, he goes and has sub one week. If he comes on early, like Will Phillips did in that game, you, know, you can still score a 60 or 70. If he comes in that last 10 minutes, which some teams have been doing, you know, potentially might only score a 10, and that really will muck up your... Uh, uh, cash gen the big one there will day's suspension upheld so still out for two weeks and what people will do with that we were rubbing our hands together because none of us had him last night and uh somebody that we're all considering bringing in in a couple of weeks time so as an owner um a lot of people might have loophole Kelwin. can you get through with the 42 you know i think he's he's got the right role so you probably do want to hold him but if at the same time if if you're facing if you've probably got no issues with your team um yeah you could probably be aggressive and look at changing swapping him um 
especially if you've got the cash to go up to say Stuart, that could be a move and then look at maybe potentially getting day in in a couple of weeks again or just not you know bringing him back in so yeah that that is maybe one move if you're facing all this carnage and you've already traded Doherty to say Dawson and you've got Thomas Cole you've got Rampy and that well day will obviously be the one that you hold and then yeah you've got to make the moves on the other players Cole to say um, Wagner might be something that people may have to do early just because of that so definitely <clears throat> Uh, yeah, something to consider there. So that that's really unfortunate for those people. Um, and the Pies and the Saints, and nothing really big there, I think, from the extended squads. Taylor Adams is actually named on the interchange bench, but I expect him to play. The the Saints, the normal, you know, wing hanger, Bytel. Um, and I know a few people have still those players um, on that extended bench. Uh, it's more interesting with St. Kilda next week when some of these other players come back. Um, we had a great chat about it yesterday about who's who's the ones that actually start getting left out. Would not surprise me if Dacos is the one that gets tagged this week. Uh, we were talking about it last night saying, I don't think Ross Lyons that sort of coach that will just let him run around and do whatever he wants. A few people have been asking about him as a captain call this week. I don't like that as much. I prefer, like, say, Tom Green on the smaller Norwood ground or even Sicily if you're going to risk it like that. But, yeah, if... If you want a bit more safety, it's you, I think it's still your kind of Bond players. Um, Tim English against Port would be good. Or naturally, if you've got Oliver, Oliver's the, the, the easy captain this week against the Bombers. Uh, so there, so that's the teams of that. Um, always interesting um, to see what sort of the coaches are kind of thinking. But yeah, there's definitely some interest uh, with the carnage that we're, uh, we've been facing. Um, in regards to, like I always like to throw a little bit of draft stars in there, Fremantle Gold Coast, actually it was, it was pretty good last night. Everything went right except for Pittenick going off injured and absolutely stuffed my night. But yeah, those who had Chase Jones, Malira, um, those players was awesome. Um, the other one that annoyed me obviously was Kennedy because, you know, I had him in one draft, but most of the other ones, it was the it was the big guys in the, uh, in the midfield. Um, Tonight we're kind of a bit, well, this afternoon I think it is, especially if you're a Western Australian watching Fremantle play. I think it's on about 3 o'clock over there. Um, but, yeah, I talked about Sean Darcy as a really good option against Moyle, but at the same time, Moyle, you know, still scored a 74 last week, still should be able to put together a 60 as a ruck, and at 8,000, he's a, he's a great price. Corey Wagner and Sturt are both at 6,000, so putting those two guys in and Moyle, and also I think Matty Rail bounces back, yeah, he scored 109 and 95 in this and had a poor week last week, so I think he bounces back. That leaves me with 13,000 to pick my last uh, five players. That, that's 13,000 average. Um, so that actually gets you some of the top-line players, Brayshaw, Miller, Noah Anderson, Sarong. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're going to be very popular own tonight. Um, I still really like the... Um, you know, your Schultz and, and Swilkowski. This is the sort of game that those guys will get up in the midfield. Um, so definitely somebody to think about there. Uh, Richmond and Sydney will also have a lot of like uh, sort of value players. Um, and I'd be definitely loading up on those midfield guys tonight. And definitely put Jake Lloyd in if you're a draft star um, player. Um, outside of that, um, from a super coach perspective, that's probably about it. Um, so actually some great footy chat happening on um, you know, especially social media that um, the one big one and I hope everybody if you've seen my tweet or my reply to tweet to uh, Damien Barrett 
and um, who else was I having a crack at? Um, who put it out there? Uh, Mark Stevens, I think it was. Uh, so they've been really big on this whole showdown coming to Melbourne, which I think is one of the silliest ideas I've ever heard. Uh, yeah, I, I get where, well, for them, it's all about, um, you know, that, this whole idea that they want the big games at the MCG and that. But yeah, so my tweet was pretty well much, um, you know, there's a reason why Liverpool and City play at Stamford Bridge or the Packers and 49ers don't, I mean, don't play at Stamford Bridge or play at MetLife Stadium. And that's because teams want to watch their teams at home games and that like you wouldn't take Anzac Day and play it at Perth. Um, yeah, just so if, if not like the tweet, uh, definitely let, you know, your Barretts and your Stevens uh, know your thoughts because that's the unfortunately, unfortunate situation where this um, some of the media are in the position where they can be a bit more influential um, and the fans need to let them know that, you know, that we don't need our home games. Like, I get the concept of gather round and, and I, I can see the worth in it, but at the same time, you look at all the footy fans this week and especially like in Melbourne and, and Sydney, Brisbane going, well, and, and, and Perth going, well, I can't actually go and watch any footy at all outside of the local footy, which is still great to support the local footy um, and your waffles and VFLs and, and, and stuff. But yeah, at the same time, we want to go watch a game of footy, especially our teams. And, and I think that's where some of the media kind of, you know, they love their little road trips and want to um, sort of go away from what we want as fans. And as fans, we want to go to the footy and watch our, our team play at our home ground. So yeah, definitely let them know your thoughts there. Um, another question I'll put out to the fans, uh, Anthony Smith put out, you know, a, um, a listing of his favorite grounds that he's gone to in a ranking. I'd like to know our community, like what are some of the best grounds you've been to, the worst grounds, and even maybe send your rankings through of what um, footy grounds you've gone to. So I haven't actually been to Perth, but I had, uh, I've got MCG1, Adelaide Oval, then the Gabba. A lot of people don't like the Gabba. I'm interested to hear people's thoughts on that because that's been a bit of a debate on Twitter. Um, a lot of people have it ranked last or second last where, I've never had a problem there for footy or cricket. I think it's a it's a great stadium, easy to access. Um, it's not that far to either walk down. I guess if you have to catch the bus and public transport, it's a bit. I, get, I can see it being a bit worse. But from watching, I've I've always found it really good to watch at uh, Giant Stadium, Blundstone, Marvel. I've never been a big fan of Marvel. If the roof's open, you get the sun through. I don't like the sterile environment with the roof shut. But I do get it. Like especially the Essendon fans, if you're there and you're up and about and the stadium goes off. So I can understand people loving Marvel and it is easy to get to. Um, but yeah, I'm a little bit more of a traditional. So I like the, the conditions and um, I think it makes footy just that more interesting when, you know, there's wind and possible rain and all that sort of stuff. But I do get it from a viewer's point of view that, yeah, people really do like Marvel. Um, Metricon, SCG, Geelong, Manica, UTAS and Mars would be my rankings there. Um, best Sporting ground I've been to is Eden Park for the for the rugby, and that it's it's just amazing experience there. If anybody ever gets the chance, um, so yeah, interested to hear your thoughts. Such as a question I'm putting out to the public this week, um, and I know we've been talking about it on Twitter, so everybody's got the kind of their um, thoughts. So even if you want to reply to that tweet, um, definitely something to um, yeah, just to have a bit of a debate about uh, and general footy. Um, outside of that, 
again, continue to send in your questions. We'll try to get through them. Um, ben has put up his Adelaide Carlton review last night. We'll be back tonight after Fremantle Gold Coast and Richmond Sydney and to do that. But outside of that, we hope everybody has a great weekend and enjoys the footy. Bye.